Welcome to the Changemakers podcast brought to you by Graf Martin Integrated Marketing Solutions for Good. This season, we're focusing on what nonprofit leadership looks like in this next normal. I'm your host, Ellen Graf Martin, and each episode, you'll get to join me in conversation with some of my friends and peers in the Canadian nonprofit space who are changemakers and groundbreakers across Canada and beyond. Let's jump in. Welcome everyone to this episode of the Changemaker Podcast. I am so excited because you're going to meet my friend, Anne Miranda, who I met four years ago. And I tell you, this girl and I went deep right away and we knew we were kindreds and, uh, and we were at an event in Edmonton. We met, that's our, like our friendship birthplace. And so I'm just so excited that you get to know her too. Um, she, I guarantee that we will go deep in this in this podcast, and, uh, and we're going to learn together. We are all learning in this season. So, Anne, welcome. Thank uh, you for having me. This is so good. Now, okay, tell us about yourself and what do you do? So, um, my name's Anne Miranda. I'm married to Carlos uh, for uh, 14 years. We have two little ones. Nathaniel and Hannah, I get to be mama to them. And currently I work for Village Church. It's a church here on the on the West Coast and we have um, various sites. There's six at the moment and two more, you know, on the horizon. And so it's a multi-site church and I'm the uh, pastor of women's ministries. So good. So good. So what do you love about what you do? Yeah, it is such a rewarding job. Now I have to tell you that this is not something that I ever dreamt of or thought that, you know, I'm going to study and become a pastor or anything like that. I worked in government for years and then as an educator uh, for for many years uh, before I truly sense like a calling from God Mm -hmm. and those that are in leadership understand what that is, that you're willing to leave whatever truly we've like built and invested you know time and education and all that towards to shift and then uh, end up being where I'm at right now so what I love love seeing more than anything else is people's lives transformed um when people when folks you know encounter the power of Jesus and their life truly uh, transforms and eyes are open like the words and the eyes of their hearts are open to the revelation of who Jesus is that is the best ever mm. um, to be able to witness um, in someone's life when they come to just know who Christ is. And I think a second to that is then the growth process is uh, being a part of watching them grow as new Christians into, you know, adult Christians, however, all that Christianese that we mm-hmm. use, but really developing a relationship with Christ, which is so beautiful. Um, and possibly within that to see who rises as leaders and mm-hmm. becomes like the leader of leaders. I love that process as well. There's so much to so celebrate good. in yeah, this I role. Mean, <laughs> you really are one of the most passionate ministry people that I know and reliably joyful. I have to say, even when we're having hard conversations, you are so reliably joyful. <laughs> I really appreciate that. But I have to ask a question. So 2020 has been a rough year. Have you ever in the midst of all of this said, what was I thinking to leave a government job or a teaching job that is so stable and that has a pension and really good benefits? And I mean, it's just hard to lose those jobs, right? And now you're leading in a church ministry where you can't gather in the same ways. Any regrets? 
I have to say no, I, right off the bat. I was like, no, I don't want to be in any of those roles right now <laughs> because I think it's been so unique to give hope in a situation that in this, this current situation and joy. Like you're like, we are the givers of that because we are the representation of Christ on this planet. And so if we extend joy and hope, people are like, what is going on? What? Why mm. is she full of joy? Why can you give me a hope-filled message? And I have seen Ellen in this season, in the last three months, more people come to Christ than in the last five years of me doing this role. It has been crazy. I have heard more stories of God showing up in people's loneliness, in their you know, solitude, where Holy Spirit shows up in their He's spacing, he, you know, read the Bible or you got to get reconnected or listen to a podcast or go on YouTube and watch a sermon. And I get to hear these stories. I'm like, what are you doing, Lord? He's showing up in miraculous ways. So uh, no, no regrets. This has been amazing. So he's showing up even though we can't show up? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I these stories are wild. For example, I got to tell you, share this, this one. Because typically in North America, we have... Um, attributed God showing up like this to other countries. Oh, he'll show up like that in wherever else, but not here. Mm-hmm. He'll, he'll be like miraculous in dreams and visions somewhere else, not here. Mm-hmm. But these young, especially within our young adult generation, th- these types of stories are just surfacing like crazy. And so I have this one gal who decided that she was um, it's been, it's kind of a long story, but when she, um, wanted to join alpha and I was leading an alpha group, I would have never had time to even consider mm. leading an alpha group before mm-hmm. this, mm-hmm. but because of the situation, you know what, I'll, I'll do the alpha online. Mm-hmm. I'll pilot it for us. And I'll do the group of young adult women. And this gal, she's, she was like, look, and I was just in my room and I felt like the warmth presence I think that's God you think that's God mm. I don't know maybe it's God but all I knew mm-hmm. that I should be mm-hmm. like reading the Bible and so she picks up her Bible reads from the book of John she's like I never knew I never knew that this is like actually he actually exists it's not just a fairy tale it's not just a story mm. but this is for real and she goes I think God's telling me come home I'm like ah, who's that who's says that <laughs> no one's talking to her no preaching nobody and she goes I actually keep thinking, I, you know, love, I think I love God. I, yeah, yeah. And she goes, I love God. I believe he was real. I, I, this Holy Spirit thing for sure. Yeah, that he's, yeah, for real. Jesus, I keep tripping over. She used those words. I keep tripping over. I don't understand. Can you help me understand? And that's when she reached out. And I was like, oh my goodness, you are quoting scripture and you don't even Mm -hmm. know it. Mm -hmm. How does this stuff happen? That is one story. So I think, you know, I, I feel privileged to have this role during this season mm-hmm. so that I can lean into these stories with people mm-hmm. um, and just see how the church really rises up in a time like this. Because we're the church. We exactly. somehow thought it was a building, yeah. <laughs> but it's not. It's people. It's so you good. Know, we're a temple. So yeah, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful thing to witness. I think that's what gives us, made me joy and passion. Mm-hmm. I mean, wow, Mm -hmm. to enter into God doing these miracles in people's lives. Incredible. And so, I mean, you lead women's ministry for a multi-site church, village church. Um, 
So I'll tell you, I don't hear a lot of um, Baptist churches talking about dreams and visions. You, I tell you, girl, this is a new, this is a new way to do church. But I, okay, women's ministry traditionally has been all about events and getting together in person. Um, now, because you have, how many sites do you oversee women's ministry for? Because you're in Alberta too. You're based in BC. Yeah. Based in BC, there's five. There's one in Calgary. Uh, so that's six. Um, the next one is in Winnipeg. There's one that's being planted right now. And then hopefully by the fall um, in the GTA, actually. Okay. So there will be eight, but right now it's six. But again, and, by the end of the, yeah, the fall. And you oversee eight. women's ministry for all of those sites. Yes. So, Okay. <laughs> How do you do women's? So isn't women's ministry supposed to be like tea parties and knitting and um, Bible studies for stay-at-home moms? This is, you know, you know my sarcasm here, right? Um, so like, how do you do that in a time like we're in? How do you, how do you change? Yeah, I think my gift in the church is that I didn't grow up in the church. That yes, I came to know yes. Christ later. Yeah. So all of this stuff, when I learned about strawberry teas and all this stuff, mm -hmm. I was like, what? <laughs> what is this stuff? Um, so I think it's so funny. And I, I've had the privilege to build this ministry from the beginning, not to come in, you know, after someone, that kind of thing. But not to say it's definitely not perfect. Look, we are, have had those times where it is event based and that's how you uh, bridge community. Mm -hmm. uh, and they're important. And yeah, oh, very, very important. Those There's strawberry teas are lovely. <laughs> they are. <Yeah. laughs> we just we just make it trendy now. It's the yeah, same deal. exactly. Now it's like a harvest party or like a harvest table or something like that. Totally. It's, it's about community and connection. And so I think that is definitely what we miss. Uh, but what we've shifted to, I because that's the big word, right? The, the shifting, the adapting, pivoting, mm -hmm. all, all of those words. Um, at every site, I ha there's a team lead and she has her team. And so mm -hmm. during this uh, season, what I ended up just really focusing on is the team lead and said, you know, um, having zoom calls with them, checking in with them, going, visiting, you know, visiting them, making sure that they're doing all right. Uh, and then that they could filter down to their teams and then take care of their teams and, and um, ensure that they're doing well. The, the focus changed from event-based to really, how is the one doing, the mm -hmm. one person doing? Because then if they are operating out of a healthy place, naturally, like I said, we're the church, we're going mm -hmm. to love on others. It's just going to happen. These are leaders. And so they're going to rise up and do that, which they have. And so um, aside from that, we shifted everything to online. And so rather than doing individual events per site, we launched uh, Facebook groups for every site so mm -hmm. that they would have community and that they would have engagement and they can just stay connected um, on that platform. And then we did do a Bible study I, where I taught for all, you know, but all the sites would unite to uh, the class. And we did Moms Cafe, which again was something that was catered to um, our moms with young children. Now it's extended to moms that are that have 
you know, from newborn to teenagers mm -hmm. and more webinars. So people, the, the gift of technology was that they didn't have to be there at that specific time. They could watch later when it's convenient for them. Uh, and then now, and where we're at in the West Coast, they can do things like social distancing mocks and that kind of thing. But it's mm -hmm. become more organic community. If if anything, I've been able to see when there's a need that arises, people jump to help mm -hmm. out, to like do something for the other um, and love their neighbor, that kind of thing. So. Yeah, we're learning as we go along. I mean, we obviously never done this, had to change all of our strategies, cancel the live events, make them digital in some format. I, I, we also have an annual big conference that happens out. That'll be all digital. Like new That's things. in the fall, right? That. Yeah. So, okay, you lead leaders. I mean, this what, what I just heard you say is like, I lead the team leads and then they lead their people. And you also lead through leverage. Um, that's something I know you're very passionate about as leaders. So what have you seen are the, like, how are you connecting and encouraging those leaders um, now? Because you are the leader of leaders and it's when you're tired and you're having to pivot everything, how do you encourage the leaders who are also tired and having to pivot everything? And I mean, you're, you're homeschooling too. Fortunately, you're a teacher, so that helps. Um, but yeah, how are you leading those leaders right now as they struggle too? Yeah, I, leverage it has been, it's a network of leaders. Um, it's grown to be a network that's national now. And that is for women in leadership, uh, where we offer resources to equip and then try to connect those leaders as well initially it was connecting in person but now it's all mm -hmm. connecting online and then inspiring each other with the word of god uh, i think one of the first things we did in that setting was um have a prayer time and just go hey leaders let's get online and let's just pray no no like agenda no any, let's just pray and mm -hmm. join uh, in that way and it was a huge response it ended up being a global response that we didn't anticipate because uh, interestingly enough, although we're all incredible, I know we're incredible, strong leaders. Okay. We're getting real deep here. Mm -hmm. My thoughts are like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to say this. We are great doers, but it didn't, doesn't mean that we have upheld a prayer life mm -hmm. or, uh, or that we've upheld relationship with God, not just enjoying him for who mm -hmm. he is but having to study to do something with that, you know, read his words so that we could preach, you know, learn some new whatever because we needed to do something, okay. you know, so we're really great at doing, but the prayer piece I've heard leaders over and over again go, oh yeah, I okay. haven't really spent time in prayer for a long time. Yeah. It's the last time I had a prayer time. When's the last time I just got with my girlfriends and just, you know, prayed and you've done, you've done yeah. stuff too. I resemble that remark. <laughs> like, I get it. We are so busy leading that self-leadership and that just that relationship. I get it. I totally get it. And I think that's because you can, we can say that to the other leader and go, I get it. And mm -hmm. that, that vulnerability happens where you're just, you're just being you and you're saying, Hey, authentically, I'm, this is me. I think vulnerability is contagious. And so mm -hmm. as we're leading leaders, mm -hmm. I'm always careful to, I'm not perfect. I'm not the model for sure. Mm -hmm. Christ obviously is the model, but mm -hmm. this is, these are some of the things I struggle with. Does it mm -hmm. resonate? 
is it not? And so then we can have some conversations. I think it's powerful for leaders to see other leaders just mm-hmm. share their heart and share who, like their struggles. Mm-hmm. Um, and then perhaps through that, there's healing too. So do you think that this season has allowed leaders to be imperfect in a way that they haven't been able to before? Yeah, I think I I love the fact that it's not about a uh, a platform or looking pretty on a stage or any of that kind of stuff. We're coming into people's homes. Mm-hmm. I had a series that was in my kitchen. Mm-hmm. And I like joked around. I'm like, it's messy if I turn the camera. Like, it was yeah. just yeah. Shifted the computer. Yeah. Just, I'm feeling like, oh, that's so funny. Because it's, it's, it's like, you know, it's just being like not pretending. And so yeah. coming, entering into, you know, their, their space, I think that's even um, bread vulnerability mm-hmm. and openness to go, hey, mm-hmm. we're all in this together. So one of my friends talks about sometimes life is like a game of 52 pickup. And I don't know if you ever had an adult play that with you when you're a kid. It's just a way to get them to be occupied. It's really a way to occupy kids. <laughs> but it's kind of like, I think for a lot of us, not just um, and, and leaders in different ways, but all of us have had this game of 52 pickup basically happen to us um, through this season. So my one of my girlfriends said, we have the choice of what we pick up and what we don't pick up in that game. And so I want to ask you, what are you picking up again? And what do you want to leave lay? Right. So I actually wanted to write, I wrote down some things that I thought, man, oh man, if I would have actually done this before this COVID season, Uh, I think I would have been a healthier leader, but for whatever reason, I needed this exterior pandemic (laughs) to come in and full on breaks to go, hold on, you're going to run out of steam and other people could see it maybe, but I was like, nah, I'm just going to keep on going. (laughs) I got lots to do, you know, like, Mm -hmm. so what I did, one of my really good friends, um, and now life coach, um, becoming my really good friend because of you uh Mary Lynn Dr. Mary Lynn yes she's I meet with her once a month too and Jillian so they're great so what a gift to have an outside perspective in mm-hmm. your life and so she just said what do you want your day to look like like what do you actually want your day to look like and don't tell me right now but go write this down and so I did and I went well I have all power and authority in myself to make this happen Mm-hmm. And so the things that I'm laying down are things that are, um, that other people have more a gifting to pick up, for example, administrative things that I've been doing for a long time, but I'm in a season of my life where I need to, to have actual creative white space to, mm-hmm. for vision and for content creation and for the things that I'm believing that God is actually like downloading on me. But if I'm bogged down with administrative things, I can never do that. Mm-hmm. And so I've had to just kind of balance out and go, okay, well, what is it that I should be really investing my time in? And not just some superficial, like, I want to write a book. Okay. You know, I'm going to make time. Mm-hmm. No, it's like, all right, right now, what should I be, you know, laying down? Like your question mm-hmm. is, so a lot of that administrative things, which would mean who does that then if I'm not doing it, I'd have to figure out who does that. And there are people 
that this is their oxygen. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I love you, Jesus, that you've created <laughs> yes. people together like this. Um, also things like, um, and I'm being really practical because these are the things that would have really bogged me down, but the one-on-one counseling that would have, that you would think a pastor would do, um, a lot of that is very draining and needs a mm-hmm. lot of energy and time to invest in that person because it's their expectation. You're well, you know, with that person and, and they are pouring out their life and now they you know, need, need that relationship in some capacity. Of course, we know they don't need us, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That they're, they, the expectancy is to invest time in that relationship and, and a journey with them, mm-hmm. but that can't be my role anymore. That's very hard for me because I love people so much mm-hmm. that it's shifting like that. So laying those things down and then picking up, um, I called it the three W's like W3 yeah. <laughs> where it's like, okay, let's go on that walk or that workout or whatever, that kind of, that time that I need for, for me, I went on a walk around my neighborhood and just prayed. And I went, why haven't I done this before? What is my problem? It's so silly. So doing my, my walks or workouts, um, I, we is my third, my second one is creating intentional community with my family and with friends that I really I realized that I wasn't carving out time for my friends and so it's being a great leader and a horrible friend actually mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Gary Newhoff was the one who called me out on that on a podcast <laughs> that he had and I went oh my goodness that's me. I want to spend time with my friends but I just kept running in that hamster wheel and then my third W is just that creating that space for wonder and mm. and, and being in awe of God being in awe of what he's doing but uh, creating that space to dream because mm-hmm. I am a dreamer and mm-hmm. rather than getting caught up in the doing. That, oh, those that are good. Wonder. I wonder, you know? Oh, that's so good. Well, and you know, the friend thing, and I'll tell you, so Mary, just because you mentioned her, she and I talked about this. I think it was she and I, I think not Jillian, but she and I, um, about she, she asked me to do something that like, this will horrify you too, but you probably need to do it where I had to actually categorize my friends as a level friends that there's this mutual, um, like we, like it, it builds us both to be in friendship and that we can go deep and we can be there and be level friends, which are great for, um, like socializing with, and having fun, or, you know, those sorts of things. And sometimes B-level friends can become A-level friends, but that's where it's actually like they're different. And then C-level friends are people that you do ministry to <laughs> and they're in your life um, and they are, you know, you love them, but you consider them a friend. But what they really need is something from you all the time. That was hard. And as a leader, um, I'm like, but my job is to care for those people. And, you know, her challenge to me was you probably have a lot of C-level friends and you don't know it and they're draining you um, and you still have to care for them. But you also have to manage your energy and because other people still need you like the A-level friends deserve your time. but The C-level friends get it. And like that was a huge challenge for me as someone in leadership. And uh, I'm like, yeah. And, and the people that will sacrifice will be my team or um, my family or those A-level friends who actually could be building into me. So do you see that too? 
hundred percent. This is like, this is a, a talk in itself. I think leaders, we don't know how to do well, I would mm-hmm. say. And what, until we get called out on it and then go, okay, I actually mm-hmm. need to think intentionally mm-hmm. about this and where am I spending my time? Mm-hmm. Are you a nonprofit leader passionate about your organization's mission, but unsure how to communicate it effectively? Do you wish your communications budget went further, that your development and communications teams worked better together, or that you had a stronger plan to find new supporters? At Graf Martin Integrated Marketing Solutions for Good, we get it. With you in mind, we've custom built solutions for nonprofit organizations to make your message have more impact, reach further, and connect with the right people for years to come. Schedule your free consultation by emailing solutions at grafmartin.com. Again, that's solutions at grafmartin.com. You talked about being vulnerable. How do you create a space to be vulnerable? Because I know for me, um, I always say that the best kept secret with a lot of leaders, entrepreneurs, business owners is that they actually don't know what they're doing, <laughs> but they never want to say that. Like, yeah, what are you doing? Well, I don't totally know, but I'm figuring it out as I go. Um, and I think that really is where a lot of us are at. So how do you, but you don't want to say it because then you think people will think you're inadequate for your job, but you know, the reality is God equips you as you go. So yeah. how do you help people find that vulnerability? You talk about being vulnerable, breeds vulnerability yeah because I think it's contagious I know it's like a virus language but I think it is contagious I think if someone sees you you know opening up about things then they they're more likely to trust too Mm -hmm. um uh, so and you know especially now that we don't have the physical space to gather because that that would be different. That would be a different kind of answer because I'd be mm-hmm. like, you know, set the table, you know, make it beautiful, welcoming, smile, hug people, that kind of a thing. Where it's like now you, we've eliminated all of those physical aspects mm-hmm. that would create an ambiance in the room. And then you, you know, you talk, you, you share your story, all of that. Now we're in front of a screen. It's what the people are reading your eyeballs and your mm-hmm. smile and your mm-hmm. facial expressions and that kind of thing. So I think with leaders online um, now, I, I believe that we're trying, we're sifting through uh, and there's so much information. There's so mm-hmm. much noise online that now what I think what is going to surface and what I'm drawn to as a leader is people that are authentic. And, and people may say they're authentic but it's, and it's hard to discern sometimes, but because of the noise, you're like, are you just doing this just because, or are you online really, really wanting to share just who Christ is through your story? Um, so I think it's, it's interesting because we're all online and we can make things look really perfect mm-hmm. and we can say things that would create a perfect space. Mm-hmm. But I, I believe that we're, I mean, because we're so bombarded with the information, um, it's, there's like a sifting process that mm-hmm. we're about to enter, I mm-hmm. think. 
And that I think we are in the sifting. Like, and when we're talking about what do you leave behind and what do you carry forward, that's a sifting. Is there anything, uh, I guess you talked about administration and stuff, anything about the old way that we did it that you're glad to leave behind? And just say, you know what, we 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 shouldn't have been doing that anyhow. We just kept doing it because it was, maybe you guys are a young church, so maybe there wasn't anything, but anything yeah, I, I think, um, yeah, we are a young church and yes, we were already, you know, virtual, we were doing things that were, um, but we, we were now we're, we're risking and we're trying new things that may, like a webinar, we would have never really thought about doing that because we were measuring engagement by people that are in the, in the room or people mm-hmm. that are wanting to participate because they're, you know, registering for a ticket to like be there or something like that mm-hmm. where but now the measurement of success is engagement and are people on you know the Facebook group and are, are mm-hmm. they responding to a question and are they it's very different it's mm-hmm. and actually difficult for a leader now to change the ways of measurement of going how is this successful is it successful I don't know mm-hmm. you know maybe one person listened to it but who cares because you're not even tracking in a webinar the numbers that are on the bottom of the screen anymore. You're like, math doesn't matter. This is going to go online and maybe hundreds are going to see it or 20 years. Who cares? But you're just getting, I think maybe it's more of, I got this idea. I'm being obedient to what God is asking me to do. Mm-hmm. Let's like let, let the, the net out kind of thing. Yeah. See what fish come through, but it's not me who's going to provide the fish. I'm just going to release the net. Yeah. And I I see that. Yeah, a new way of measurement. Um, So leaving behind the old ways that we measured our success and finding new ways to measure that we're doing and what what success actually is. I'm hearing I'm kind of hearing this. I'm putting words in your mouth. But is that right? Anecdotal, especially the anecdotal. So the story that I told you, that's going to weigh more than a thousand people watching mm-hmm. because I'm not, I don't know their story. So I hear the story of this one girl. I'm like, oh my gosh, like mm-hmm. her life is transformed. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that, I think that that has been attention always in mm-hmm. ministry. And do you think that those things are uniquely happening now or we were just too busy to see them before? Yeah, I think we were too busy to see things, If, to be honest. You wouldn't hear the story as frequent. Mm-hmm. Uh, or or now the pe- now people, because they are, uh, the, the things are happening to them or the stories are happening, they're writing in. They may mm-hmm. have never done that before. They're mm-hmm. just writing in a chat or writing in an email. And they're saying, hey, this is how this is impacting my life. Mm-hmm. Perhaps it would have happened before and nobody would have really mm-hmm. thought mm-hmm. to write it in and share their story. Mm-hmm. And how, so discipleship, I know, is a really big thing for you as well. So how do you do discipleship in this new, I mean, not just in a new way, like using technology, but when everyone is tired and stressed and the world is scary and we, it, you know what I mean? Like we are in a time where everyone's stretched. I was in a Walmart a few weeks ago and no less than three people had freakouts in the Walmart. It was, I'm like, people are stressed. So how do you disciple when everyone is stressed? Like, how do you do that? 
I think it's, so we have our programs that run, right? Like we have our freedom session, our alpha. Uh, we share classes online on Tuesday nights. There's like an on-demand classes, that kind of a thing. I, I think when we're trying to invent or create, what should we be teaching? It's identifying what's happening with people right now. Mm-hmm. So I kept noticing there's this around week five and six, my friends were falling apart. People were mm-hmm. just falling apart. They didn't know who they were. I'm getting messages going, you know, I just, I don't know about having a faith crisis, having a marriage crisis, having a parenting crisis. I don't know how, am I good anymore? Am I good enough anymore? Like all this, I'm just listening to, to people, listening to the tension. Why are they having the freak out? Where is the meltdown coming from? Um, and then creating something around that. Because although it may be, you know, two, three, four, five stories. I think it's a microcosm of what's really happening in the world. And so we created like an identity crisis. What does God mm-hmm. say about body image? Because mm-hmm. people were binge eating on one side mm-hmm. and dieting on the other and it was going rampant. Mm-hmm. What does he say about who we are in him? You know, about, about getting the mind of Christ. Mm-hmm. What, is mm-hmm. it, what does he say about who we are in him and who are true identity? And then that, that mm-hmm. birthed you know, that series mm-hmm. birthed. And so I think that's part of discipleship is listening to mm-hmm. people and where they're at and, and how we can serve them. Because it's not about our agenda as leaders. Mm-hmm. It's about the people, right? Mm-hmm. Serving the people and their needs. That's so good. And, you know, it's so funny because that is something that we do. I love your answer because we have this brand process here that we walk through with ministries and organizations, nonprofits. And one of the huge questions that groups always struggle with is who do we serve best and and what what how do we serve them? Like, what is their struggle right now? that we have something that we can serve them with. And so that's exactly what you did. It's so wise. Um, What can happen is that we forget to keep tracking with that and say, okay, they've changed. Like in six months, it will look different. And in three months, I mean, we're recording this now, but when kids are going back to school and then Christmas, like what happens with Christmas services and when you can't get together with family in the same way or whatever that looks like, we just don't know there's so much we don't know um that i think we need to keep pivoting and keep saying okay what are people stressed about now like what where can we serve them and what are their like we're we're now seeing the effects of our pants not fit and so the binge eating may not be happening the same way so what is happening now is it you know kids home and we just don't know what to do with them or you know there's just so many things so I think, Ellen, also one of the things that we've been really reflecting on is the fact that the church of Christ, as saints, our our church, the church was based on people in in the book of Acts recorded for us in people's homes. Yes, there was a structure and there was a temple, but when Christ appeared on this planet, this is my pastor's stuff coming out <laughs> my preacher that's coming good, out that's when, good. you know when he was on this planet and then he's like hey these are the saints this take my words to the ends of the earth right it, it didn't start in some big huge mega church it was people's homes and these gatherings where people were persecuted and so mm-hmm. small homes and maybe that's my middle eastern background going like look this makes sense. This is where it is. Mm-hmm. You just have these little, you know, home churches. Go back. I'm like, go back to the basics. No production. No show. No 
preacher that, you know, none of that is just you got you, us as children of God and him and see what happens. Mm -hmm. Let's just see what happens Mm -hmm. if the church in Canada was ignited in homes. It's like little Mm -hmm. flames, you know, Mm -hmm. all throughout this country. We'll set the whole country on beautiful wildfire, (laughs) God's presence, because it's become an individualized um, relationship with him. Yet we're we somehow thought that we're to go to a building, a huge gathering, which is still, it's biblical, mm-hmm. obviously, mm-hmm. but in order to experience his power and his might and get this, like, you know, I don't know, got like an mm-hmm. injection of faith mm-hmm. on a Sunday and then go back home. There's no more Sunday. No, no more Sunday. You can watch church any day of the week. Maybe that's what was, uh, you know, an old fashioned type of mentality. Mm-hmm. That you have to go to the church on Sunday and you've got to only experience God there. Mm-hmm. And then you carry that residue, you know, throughout the week and you go back for a fill up on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's every day. It is. It is. That is, that's really good insight. And so you just alluded to something. So you are a first generation Canadian and a first generation evangelical Christian Canadian. And so you have different perspective. And I sometimes wonder if that plays into your enthusiasm because you're not as jaded as some of us who just grew up in all of it. So if there's any encouragement you could give to anyone listening or watching or being part of this that you're like, okay, I realize your whole life and the way your parents did it and your grandparents did it has been thrown out. Here's my encouragement for you. What would that be? Yeah, no, Matt. I mean, to truly... um... It's just so, it's so deep rooted. I feel like already tearing up trying to get the words up. Um, to really have just Christ as our treasure, mm. I think is what I would say. Is he your treasure? Because if he's our treasure, then I think that's what I didn't have. I didn't have him as my treasure. And now that I do, I can't let it go. I can't just... Mm you know, be unhappy for the sake of, you know, I can, I can see the glass half empty. I can choose to see it half empty or I can go, he's my treasure. That is what I need. That's it. That's Mm -hmm. it. And all everything else is extra. Everything Mm -hmm. else is added to that because I didn't have that growing up. I did. I just, I know that I, I sense that I value it in a different way. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sometimes I feel like the Mary Magdalene that's at his feet and that people are criticizing from the outside and Jesus is going, no, just let her. You don't understand why she's crying and pouring mm-hmm. out, you know, mm-hmm. her, you don't understand why she's mm-hmm. wiping my feet with her hair. Cause I'm like, I got the treasure mm-hmm. <laughs> the living in that. I don't want to lose that. And I do, I have felt that there have been seasons where church life and most like the way that we have done church in a North American um, lens has tried to stifle that and stifle mm-hmm. who I am. And I don't want to ever let that happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think being a first generation Canadian brings a different light to, to, mm-hmm. to our perspective because I have, to, I want to embrace both parties. I want to embrace my Lebanese roots. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have actually never been to Lebanon. So I'm going, you know, based on my family here, I've grown, born and raised in Canada. I was born in Ottawa, like the capital. Yes, <laughs> like all are really Canadian. Canadian. 
<laughs> totally. Um, so I definitely am Canadian and have grown up with a mindset here, but yeah, both my parents are Lebanese and try to you know, really hold to cultural values mm-hmm. in our home. Uh, so understanding both mindsets, mindset, understanding that I can, I can be frustrated. Mm-hmm. Um, I can live in that, or I can try to go, okay, this is where my family's coming from. For example, we're a culture of honor, yet so much shame mm-hmm. at the same time. And so how we do things is for honor and for people, mm-hmm. and then based in shame. It's like, oh my goodness, you want to mess us up anymore, but otherwise, yeah, yeah. But can't you? That's just how. That's how it is. So, uh, even having a relationship with God is communal. It's the family. It's all of us together. It's our friends. It's the all of that. Where mm-hmm. I, I see a North American perspective is very um, individualistic. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do things for me. It doesn't reflect on my family. I think of the prodigal son actually, and I, I didn't. I never really read that story through a Middle Eastern lens. Um, but it is like that how much shame, shame. Yeah. came on the family name. That mm-hmm. is my everyday. It's like, mm-hmm. how does, how your actions reflect on the entire family mm-hmm. like for generations? What? That is not a North American. And then trying to now, so I have grown up in that. And now I've married a Latino man mm-hmm. who is now from another culture. And we have these mixed babies. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, what? So, I mean, even having the, a racial, like a conversation about race with the kids, mm-hmm. they're looking at us going, what? Why would people not just love us for who we are? Yeah. Why would we like not even, you know, it's like oblivious yeah. to them that this is a thing. So, and they're like, well, you know, maybe more and more mixed babies and we're not going to have these conversations. And yeah. I'm like, you know, I, I think that it's just such a rich experience to have um, all these different cultures in their lives. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it feels complicated, but it feels like, I think, um, yeah, d- that word rich mm-hmm. just keeps coming back mm-hmm. to me because I understand hospitality in a different way. I understand, mm-hmm. you know, how to love people, I think, mm-hmm. in a different way, just because mm-hmm. of my mm-hmm. upbringing. Well, and I think... I, you know, there is a, when you were talking about that story of the prodigal son, I think, um, it, our actions do reflect on the family. They do. Um, but it's a big family. It's like, it's a family around the world. And like, you are my family, this church family. It's funny because, um, my daughter has simplified it. Like she's seven and her brain simplifies things. So when people are being unkind, because we've seen people, actually some people be remarkably unkind over the last um, couple of months. <laughs> what she says is, well, they must not love Jesus. And I thought, oh, wow. You know, this is to me even a challenge to say how I respond right now, um, not just in my neighborhood or not just in my family, but like in the greater family and as a leader and how I communicate right now, it I need to be actually really loving Jesus. And I need to be living out of that and leading out of that and not just out of an empty well that shows people, oh, she might not really love Jesus right now. So big challenge. And is there, as we leave, is there anything else that you think, um, so leaders who are listening to this podcast right now, um, anyone listening just really needs to know anything else. 
I think not to be um, slow to take care of yourself. That's one mm. of the big lessons I've learned through this is that as we are, we sense a calling to take care of others, we're willing to lay down our lives for, for mm. others because we believe that God, that's what God's called us to do. And if somebody is listening to this and resonates with that, just uh, I just want to give them that type of encouragement to say, don't forget to take care of yourself because mm-hmm. that is uh, extremely important. And when I say that, I mean like the times to rest and mm-hmm. the time to, you know, spend time with God and actually part, putting that in part of your schedule mm-hmm. so that it doesn't get left behind or given the leftover time, but it's mm-hmm. actually given the priority. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I've learned that the hard way. Yeah. And I think investing in A-level friends, which you are, you are. And I'm just so grateful for how um, you invest in your friends and you, you do care. And so I am so grateful for you. Thank you so much for joining me for this today. Um, If anyone wants to know more about you, about Village Church, about Leverage, where do they find that information? Yeah, so all of that is online. Uh, this is villagechurch.com. There is leveragewomen.com. Um, there's obviously Facebook and Instagram. That's uh, all the social media fronts. Uh, and it, they can reach me on the Village website and, and Anne at thisisvillagechurch.com. Awesome. So this is villagechurch.com and leverage.com.ca? Leverage women leveragewomen.com. Excellent. And I just love you. You are great. Thank you for keeping faithful in what you're doing. And uh, we, I know we will talk soon. Absolutely. Thanks, Ellen, for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Changemakers podcast brought to you by Graf Martin Integrated Marketing Solutions for Good. Graf Martin is Canada's leading integrated marketing and communications agency for nonprofit organizations seeking to do more good. If you need an agile, full-service marketing agency to move your organization forward, we get it. Visit grafmartin.com to learn more and schedule your free consultation so that you can do more good.